0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, REI Co-op. REI has gear, clothing, classes, and advice for camping and glamping, biking and hiking, axing and snacksing. Visit your local REI Co-op or REI.com for the million and one ways to opt outside.
1: People who survived the surprise attacks by Hamas in Israel can still recount vivid images of the carnage of October 7th.
2: It was like an apocalypse, like everything ruined, like with bodies lay around.
1: Dan Alam told NPR that militants killed more than 100 people in his community, a small kibbutz in the south of Israel. He lost neighbors, friends. The pain is overwhelming.
2: I'm just grieving for my my friends, my my parents friends, my like my community so we just don't know like how to deal with it but we just know we, like we've just been slaughtered and nobody came to help us
1: another survivor noi katsum lost their brother in the attack um it's tough days i'm in uh we're sitting here shiva you know it's seven days after the funeral in judaism where you sit and you like everyone comes and shares our condolences But for those whose loved ones haven't been identified, that mourning process may be on hold. Consider this, forensic experts are still trying to identify hundreds of people killed in Israel in the Hamas attacks. Coming up, my visit to an army base in Israel where soldiers, medical examiners, and rabbis are working around the clock to identify people's remains. From NPR, I'm Ari Shapiro. It's Tuesday, October 17th.
2: This message comes from NPR sponsor Dana Farber Cancer Institute. Breast cancer cells multiply faster because of CDK46 proteins. But what if blocking those proteins and stopping runaway cell division was possible? Dana-Farber scientists laid the foundation for CDK-4-6 inhibitors, new drugs that are increasing the survival rate for many advanced breast cancers. Dana-Farber's momentum of discovery keeps finding new ways to outmaneuver cancer. More at DanaFarber.org slash everywhere.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, REI Co-op. REI has gear, clothing, classes, and advice for camping and glamping, biking and hiking, axing and snacksing. Visit your local REI co op or REI.com for the million and one ways to opt outside. This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2x miles on everything you buy. Plus, get access to a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. Details at CapitalOne.com. It's Consider
1: This from NPR. We are on an army base south of Tel Aviv and the sun is sinking behind low clouds as the smell of eucalyptus fills the air. A man in uniform wearing a kippah is leading us to see this place that the remains of people who were killed in the massacre have been brought for identification.
3: I ask you to respect this place. I ask you to respect the dead.
1: Like many members of the Israel Defense Forces, Lehi is only authorized to give us her first name. She wanted journalists from all over the world to see something that medical examiners, doctors, and rabbis have been bearing witness to over the last week. And a warning, the descriptions her colleagues gave are graphic and not suitable for some listeners.
3: We as a people can't remain silent for something like this.
1: Colonel Chaim Weisberg is head rabbi of the IDF. A military spokesman named David translates for him. Rabbi Weisberg has spent nearly 20 years in his position. He says, usually when a Jew dies, a family member says a prayer called the mourner's kaddish for the dead.
3: The regular way would be for a child to
0: say kaddish this prayer for his parents. But here, we have entire families that no one's going to be able to say Kaddish for them.
1: More than a thousand bodies have been brought here, truck after truck, full of human remains. People who were murdered when Hamas stormed across the border from Gaza into Israel on October 7th. Rabbi Weisberg breaks down as he describes in detail the conditions some of the bodies arrived in, burned and mutilated.
3: Nashi. צאירות, נשים מבוגרות, סטفتות לילדים נאנסות.
2: שוטagem.
3: צהריים, 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 Soldiers
0: and citizens whose heads were chopped off.
1: Many of the people identifying and caring for the dead are military reservists. They have day jobs as civilians. But since the attack, they've been here. Like a dentist named Mayan. She identifies people's remains by their dental imprints.
3: Next to, to that identification place, when we take place, there is family room to say goodbye to the loved ones, uh, to say their last goodbye. So while identifying, we can hear the screams and we can hear the cries of a woman bearing her child of child, losing his parents and stay orphan. And we hear the cry and we hear the screams, and we're still identifying tirelessly, uncompromisingly to give this fallen the last respect that nobody gave them.
1: We walk towards the brightly lit white tent where soldiers have been doing this work. It is difficult work, and the details, as you'll hear, are brutal. One of the soldiers is handing out a packet of masks because the smell is very strong. People have been working in a 24-7 shift since the massacre began. Even now, more than a week later, there are still bodies that haven't been identified. The rabbi said they have three ways of identifying bodies. One is a loved one visually recognizing the person. Another is dental records. And the third is DNA identification. And he said, in too many of these cases, we have had to use DNA because the body has been so mutilated, he said, even in the case of children. there are about a dozen shipping containers refrigerated side by side and uh, then in white coveralls have just opened four of the shipping containers and inside stacked four high are body bags and some of the body bags are very very small and the rabbi says usually when we're here we don't speak when you open the doors you see that small sack that's a baby A light rain is starting to fall. A TV cameraman suddenly hunches over, sobbing. We walk in the misty drizzle to a small covered picnic table, the smoker's corner. And there, we sit in the dark with a woman named Avigail. Like others, the IDF only authorized her to give her first name.
3: It's hard to remember these days, but I work in high tech.
1: In Judaism, as in many religious traditions, there are rules for how a body is supposed to be treated before burial. For many years, Avigail has done that preparation for burial as a reservist for the army.
3: There's a concept of respect for the dead. It's treating every dead person with the dignity and respect that we'd want the same as we'd want in when we're living. We're also very conscious of, is the woman exposed on the table, and to try to cover up when possible any part that was part of the human being, we bring it to burial with the body. So if there are ashes, we're very careful not to lose any of the ashes. If there's skin, that was torn away, certainly if there's blood, if there's flesh. We collect everything so that it's all buried with a body.
1: When I ask what the last week has felt like to her, more than a thousand bodies to be identified and prepared for burial, from babies to elders, she says for most of the last week she has felt very little. Blocking out feelings was the only way to do the work that needed to be done.
3: Um, despite the fact that I was only sleeping about two hours per 24 cycle, and I was hardly eating. I felt like I I had the energy. Um, I don't know if it's adrenaline or the mission, the importance of the mission, and just uh, keep going, keep going. Do the work. Understand that it's horrific what we're seeing, but do our best to get the correct identification for each of the murdered women and prepare them for burial in the most respectful manner once they've been identified. I think uh, in the last day we've been slowing down just a little we're making a lot of progress and so so I think it's it's getting it's catching up with me a little you're starting to feel the feelings the the exhaustion but it's not really the physical it's maybe part of it is the physical exhaustion it's the mental exhaustion we're talking about it a little more we have some psychiatrists and social workers that are talking to us after shifts but I think we're it's it's like starting to to build up. So, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. I don't remember what yeah. it was.
1: How you're feeling. And it sounds yeah. like for um, a while you weren't feeling much and now you're really feeling a lot. Yes. As somebody who has done this work in the army for a long time, you've seen people killed in violent ways. How has this been different from the deaths from violence that you have already dealt with over many years?
3: I think it's, it's different in two ways. Um, the numbers are like mind-boggling, I still, you know I'm at it and at it and I can't wrap my head around it, I go through the lists again and I'm like wow, and I can't believe that I can't remember from two days ago, what exactly was she the one that was in her cute pajamas or was she the one that was, you know uh, I don't know why, the numbers are incredible and it, it's not just knowing the numbers, it's seeing the amount and, and the smell intensifies, it's Something that, that I've never, you know, seeing ho- horrible deaths. I've never had to deal with a smell at this intensity. And the other is, it's never felt this cruel. I mean, we're seeing bodies that were mutilated after they were already dead. What, like, why is, you know, it's, it's harder to, I feel, wrap my head around it.
1: This experience has obviously changed you. Has it changed your view of humanity? Has it changed your view of people?
3: I think it's uh it shattered something in my sense of security. it's certainly you know something in the sense of the equilibrium of the world of the the balance of good and evil. you know I kept for for years growing up, I thought that the world is improving as a human being, as a woman. I felt like things were progressing in the right direction i I can't think that anymore, and that's that's shattering.
1: Over our heads, Israeli military jets rumble through the sky, and as we drive away from the army base, a siren blares through the air. Every car on the freeway pulls over to the shoulder. People huddle on the blacktop from the threat of incoming rockets. Reminders that while people are still identifying the bodies from October 7th, the war and its death toll only continue to grow. Tuesday night, that death toll grew dramatically in Gaza. An explosion hit a hospital. Hundreds of people were killed. Egypt condemned what it called, quote, a deliberate bombing of civilian facilities. The Palestinian ambassador to the UK called it a massacre and war crimes, posting an image of the building on fire. And the Palestinian Authority declared three days of mourning. The Israeli military blamed Islamic Jihad, saying the hospital explosion was a failed rocket launch.